Hi, I'm Jillian Swinford. And I'm Haley Brolison. And this is Mother Nature Will Kill You. A podcast about the most horrific tragedies and the most triumphant survival stories that the wilderness can provide. So grab your backpack and maybe a bottle of wine and let's go on a wild ride into the unknown. Walking down this road I go, but I am going alone, running far, far from home, till I am skin and bone. Good morning. I would say, let's do it. (laughs) We've been trying to figure out Microsoft Teams because the Zoom for free that we've been using has just limited all of our calls to 40 minutes. So we have to record them in 40 minute chunks and that's no fun. But turns out the free version of Microsoft Teams doesn't let you record. So So we're a little bit in a pickle. Yeah, so either we get to talk as much as we want, but we can't record it, or (laughs) we have to talk in 40-minute chunks, and we can record it, and so we're back. We're back on Zoom. (laughs) (laughs) For now. (laughs) Has us in their grasp. Yeah, because I don't feel like spending money, because we already spend enough money on the website. website. Yeah, fuck that. (laughs) Yeah, so. (laughs) What a morning. (laughs) How are you? I'm quite all right. How are you? I am having a treat yourself weekend because the puppy and the hubby are away. Oh, no way. So they're up in That's Austin. Fun. What are they doing in Austin? Um, Corey has a friend up there um, from college. Um, so he visits them from time to time. But I guess um, his friend asked if he could bring Marzi with him too and so he's like hey can I pet that dog (laughs) yeah because he lives by himself and he his roommates used that he lived with used to have a dog or had a dog but now he doesn't have one so yeah yeah well cute that sounds like a fun time for you to have your own little uh treat yourself vacation weekend so yesterday I went and walked on a beach and collected sea glass and then Uh, today I'm planning on going to Target and Goodwill. That must be nice. Hobby Lobby, even though I miss a Hobby Lobby is garbage. And is the it? Owners are garbage. Uh, but not know that <laughs> I live in rural South Texas, so Hobby Lobby is king. Yeah, <laughs> it's it very. Uh, they they don't really support a lot of causes that I would want to support. So, I mean, they are very like conservative. Yeah corporation yeah. i would say so that makes but, sense i mean they it. all it's like religious stuff in there there there's wasn't a that lot. like yeah wasn't that like the main thing of it was like religious stuff yes. when it was first made yes but it wasn't always as because i we used to shop there like me and my mom all the time um but oh my god do they have the best sales oh, i'm sure best freaking sales oh my god so yeah when i know. lived in sarasota there was a hobby lobby and i would go there like 
probably once a week. Yeah, my closest Michael's at this point is like an hour and a half. And that's just not, it's not feasible for a crafter. I, yeah, I don't have any access to that. I order all my stuff off Amazon. Yeah, I do that too, which is bad for another reason. I know. There there is no unethical consumption in capitalism. Yeah. Oh, God. Anyway, not meaning to bring the mood down. Uh, What a way to start the podcast off. (laughs) (laughs) So that's my treat myself this weekend. Um, How about you? Uh, God, I'm just trying to like get my shit straight, honestly, (laughs) Uh, because uh, my boyfriend unpacked all his boxes, so he's moved in. He seems to be pretty good about where his stuff is. Me, on the other hand, I still have, like, two or three more boxes to go through. And, like, I would prefer to be more organized than I am right now with stuff. Yeah. So it's, like, the closets, they're fine, but they could be better. And the outside, I just... I'm very much the type of person that I would rather have it all set and done now. Mm-hmm. And like the anticipation of getting everything done and ordering things is just, I don't know, annoying. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I'm just trying to get all my stuff together. Cause like I said before, we're going to end up tearing down these like thin ass paneled walls and put up drywall in the long run. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this weekend I am really just, going through the rest of my stuff and organizing it and I ordered a like console sofa table for b- behind the sofa the other day and that's coming on Tuesday which I'm super stoked about because in the living room there's an overhead ceiling fan but there's no light on it mm-hmm. and there's no other light in the living room yeah. So like at night it gets pretty dark and I just have like one table lamp in the corner and thankfully my boyfriend is a vampire so he didn't <laughs> mind not having a light over there at night. <laughs> so the sofa table's purpose is for me to be able to put that behind the sofa and then put two lamps behind yeah. it. Yeah. So like you can actually have light back there. Yeah. We um, had that problem at my old at the old house as well like there were no lights at all in the, yeah. like master sweet and so that's why I have so many lamps yeah (laughs) so I was raking rocks yesterday after work so I might rake some more rocks today Um, oh the glamour of home ownership I know rental ship to be honest yeah any type of living ship Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) but um yeah so that's kind of what my weekend looks like and I've been low-key in some sort of hormonal storm so I'm just trying to take it easy and yeah do some work here and there and yeah reset my brain but uh good news on that front is I started seeing a functional medicine doctor and she is like she sent me I had like a appointment with her yesterday or the other day two days ago and she sent me like a list of supplements that would help with certain things and like dietary Mm -hmm. um additions and stuff like that so yeah we'll see what happens uh with all of that hopefully hopefully it helps i mean finding somebody who will actually listen to you is half the battle yeah we've talked about that before (laughs) yeah and so she was really great ironically i found her on a podcast (laughs) i have to see her for like at least four months because she requires like four month you know minimum because that's how long it takes for hormones to change yada 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 but yeah it sounds it's a good path and she knows what she's doing. So I'm, I'm confident and hopeful yeah. 
that this will be good because when I was talking to her, I was telling her just how everything with me just is like fluctuates so mm-hmm. often and it makes me feel like I'm fucking insane. <laughs> I completely understand. I, yeah. I mean, I went through the same fucking process in but I was in college <laughs> and trying to get good grades and trying yeah. to do so I understand completely and I will say that after diagnosis mine has gotten better just because I understand how to manage the symptoms a bit better yeah and because I, well, mine changes with age mm-hmm. so, or can change with age so I had a breakdown on Friday morning because I was just like, so I was calling my doctors again to schedule these labs yeah. and I was like ordering these supplements and like, I don't know, I'm sure you empathize with it, but it's like when you start doing that again, you just have those thoughts like, oh my God, again, like when is this ever going to stop? Like, yeah, like hopefully this is the last time. And then I was just getting like upset. And then obviously like my hormones are fluctuating so I'm more emotional. And I was like, I just need to cry right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh yeah, absolutely. It was, just, it was a lot. Yeah. And so, yeah, I was just very depressed on Friday morning. It's awful. I get, I completely get it. And yeah. I am here for you if you ever need to talk about it. Cause I have gone through the same shit, just yeah. probably a different issue, but I think like the worst part is like, I'm sure you've seen, like, you know, this too. It's like, you are cognizant of the fact that you have brain fog and you're not stringing sentences together. Like you should yeah. be, but like, and you're like, you're mentally there, but like you're, it's just not working and then your you get body's frustrated. Not, yeah. And I, like that ha- was happening to me and I was like, God fucking damn it. I was like, I know what I'm talking about. I just can't figure the words. Like my mom said that when I was having like a really bad palpitation attack, which usually would co- coincide with like brain fog because I wasn't getting enough oxygen to the brain. She was like, you'd be like a tiny a little angry drunk. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I feel. Like my words slur and I'm like, God, like I, oh, it sucks. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. do we want to talk about something kind of fun and yeah, please. Interesting? <laughs> so I sent you a TikTok. <clears throat> so I haven't even really been on TikTok recently. Uh, I can go get my phone and watch it real quick. You want me to yeah, do it? yeah, yeah. Because you know, remember when we had that story about a guy getting swallowed by a whale Fuck, yes. it happened again and no. so we caught it on tiktok and you oh my god okay let me go get my phone okay. i used to like open tiktok multiple times a day and i haven't probably opened this yeah i have six new messages from you <laughs> oh uh, no just kidding okay god damn it i send you a lot of uh, yeah i feel bad because i used to send you a lot of shit and <laughs> now i haven't been on in quite a few days okay it is three in it says lol new story of the week underneath it <laughs> wait <laughs> i need to watch this again oh they had a gopro on themselves too yeah <laughs> oh my god the person that gets swallowed had a gopro on and like it shows you from like a bystander's point of view twice and then it shows you from point of view of the person getting swallowed oh my god yeah and you just see like the paddle out the mouth <laughs> don't worry they're swallowed, okay though? i was gonna say it doesn't look like they actually got swallowed swallowed oh my god i would be like freaking the fuck out <laughs> <laughs> so basically <laughs> this woman julie mcsorley and her friend was cotriel were kayaking in california san luis Osipo Bay 
on Monday and they were watching humpback whales feeding. And basically what happened, one of the whales was feeding immediately beneath them um, and got fucked up. I mean, it closed on their kayak. The mouth did. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure the whale was immediately like, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Like- <laughs> it's like, this does not taste like the fish or the krill that I was looking for. But like the TikTok video is like literally the whale like fucking swallowing. Yes. <laughs> And also, like, was somebody seeing that? Like, was it? Were they? Did they see that happening? Yeah. And, like, they like pulled out their phone to film it from afar, and not even yell at the person. Like, yo, you're about to get swallowed by a fucking whale. I think it must have happened too fast for anybody to really realize. Like they must have already had like their phone out or something. Well, because there was whales everywhere, so they were probably just filming like the whales feeding. Yeah. Um, because they, you know, kind of feed in a concentrated area. I that's something that I never want to be caught in the middle of a, of and I've thought about that other than just watching this video but like because I've seen and read other stories and I would never want to be kayaking in the feeding grounds of a whale I kind of do any species of whale <laughs> I will be safely on a boat I, I want to <laughs> do it I want to do it so bad because like I don't know and they never actually eat you is the thing they're always like oh no i don't want this and spit you out so spit you back out (laughs) god imagine that story she didn't tell her like her grandkids or great grandkids are gonna hear that down the line like and she's not gonna be alive alive to vouch for it but it's gonna be like oh grandma got eaten by a whale one time like no 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 way that's not fucking true so mcsorley talked to this uh or was interviewed for this and she said We didn't think we were that close, but we definitely were in the right area and we shouldn't have been. So I've learned my lesson big time. (laughs) And her friend who was reluctant to go, that she, you know, convinced. She's like, I told you this was going to fucking happen. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, so McSorley said her reaction was, no, I don't like the ocean. I'm scared of sharks. I'm scared of anything I can't see in the water. Now you're so yeah. And so (sighs) I ignorantly told her, oh, they'll never, they're never going to dump you over. The kayaks are very stable. I've never had an issue. (laughs) Famous last words. (laughs) Um, So they were just watching the humpback feed on those swarms of fish we know as bait balls um, in the distance. And so they thought that they were far enough away and they were in a tandem kayak. So the whale basically only swallowed one kayak, but there were two people in there and Cotriel said she could see the inside of the whale's mouth coming down on them but mistook it at the time for its belly uh panicked and confused she threw up her hand to stop it i'm thinking to myself i'm gonna push like i'm gonna push a whale out of the way it was the weirdest thought i'm thinking (laughs) i'm dead i'm dead i thought it was gonna land on me next thing i know i'm underwater (laughs) oh god (laughs) at least she survived yeah, I mean they're they're both fine. Um, I don't think they had any injuries or or anything like that, but um, they did have a GoPro on it, and and so you can actually see what they were experiencing. <laughs> yeah, which is wild that actually you could have both points of view. <laughs> That's as the a, world we live in. As a bystander at and as the person getting eaten. Yeah. 
I I would love to see whales feeding in real time, but yeah, maybe from a boat would be better. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, I think also like visually, like like when you're on a boat, I feel like you're higher than in a mm-hmm. kayak, right? So like you can see see them feeding better than like when you're on a kayak, you can't really see anything until it's like yeah. eating you. That's true. Well, and you could probably I think if you're in a kayak, you can really understand the scale of the whales. But How if you're big in a, they are. Yeah. But if you're in a boat, you can see like the full animal because you're up higher, I yeah. guess. So I don't know. So whatever you want. The biggest thing I've ever kayaked with has been dolphins. So, you know. Mine was manatees. Yeah. And that scared me. I yeah. never, I don't think I ever saw, I think up until that point, I don't think I ever saw a manatee in the wild. Mm-hmm. And my dad and I were in Florida, like around the Fort Myers area, kayaking in this state park. And I just saw this shadow, like following his kayak. And I was like, <laughs> dad, <laughs> I was like, oh, something's following you. And I was like, I was like starting to scream at him too. I was like, oh my God, like, what is that? Is that an alligator? Like, <laughs> and then like the little manatee nose just like and popped like, up and I was like, oh, <laughs> sweet babies. Yeah. yeah. The dolphins were cool. They were really playful. I did flip my own kayak that day, though, because we had to go out in the surf and the, yeah. like from the beach and the surf was really bad. And I just hit a wave completely wrong and just flipped the fuck over. <laughs> <laughs> and then about 30 minutes later, I threw up while we were out. Oh, like, of all the salt water? Watching the dolphins because I oh. smelled so much salt water. Yeah. That's always fun. And I was I was a lot younger, and so the guides thought I was pretty rad. So <laughs> like, I, you're such a champ. Yeah, that's funny. Um, my dad has gotten chased by like a bull sea lion in a kayak. That does before. not sound fun. Did you um, see that news story about that woman getting attacked by the monk seal in Hawaii? No. Oh my god! So she was like doing a morning swim at the beach, uh-huh. like you know, she's like an athletic swimmer. And, um, it was one of those things she just didn't, she wasn't aware of her surroundings and she had gotten a little too close to a mom and it's pup and yeah, Mm. just started going at her. She's okay. It could happen. We definitely thought we maybe swam near a monk seal when we were there. Um, cause we saw that a monk seal in that same area later. Mm -hmm. Um, but while we were there, we saw like what looked like a seal head keep popping up out of the water, um, mm-hmm. but it was really wavy, so we weren't entirely sure. But yeah, and they're federally protected. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can't really do anything to them. So cool, though. I was so psyched that we got to see one. Like, so psyched. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty neat. Yeah. So yeah. So that's uh, our fun little news story of the week. I like um, it. Yeah, and go watch the TikTok video if you haven't seen it. Um, it is terrifying, but also kind of hilarious when you know that they are fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, holy shit. This is going to be kind of a TikTok heavy episode this week, actually, though. So, oh, yeah. If, if you're big into TikTok um, as a listener, you're going to have some new stuff to follow because our main story surrounds a, the reason, the reason I wanted to do this story was because I stumbled across this TikTok account 
maybe like a year ago now. It, it was a while ago and I just mm-hmm. haven't done the story yet because all the details hadn't fully come out. But yeah, so this the, I came across this girl talking about her own survival story and basically her TikTok is kind of the story of her recovery from this horrific, horrific event that happened to her. Yeah. And since we've been talking about volcanoes a lot, I thought, <laughs> fuck it, I'm just going to continue on the volcano train. <laughs> go big or go home. That's what I say. I find myself like wanting to talk about like the same shit, like when I'm really like getting obsessive about it. So, Mm -hmm. so we're going to talk about volcanoes again today, but this is a very recent story and it is still unfolding as far as like the legal side of it is concerned. Yeah. Cause when did it happen? Like 2018? Like it was not very long ago, right? It was like right before COVID. It was 2019. Oh, okay. So yeah, very, very very uh recently and so we'll talk about this and if you want to follow her account i highly encourage it she uh you know experienced this thing and she is dealing with the fallout um Mm -hmm. physically with as much dignity as she possibly can um and so this one is horrific but it does have a somewhat happy ending Yes. Um, because obviously she's a survivor. Otherwise, she wouldn't be TikToking. That would be crazy. Ghost <laughs> TikToks. <laughs> yeah. It's another life. <laughs> so today we are going to tell the story of Wakari or the White Island eruption. Are Where you ready? At? I am ready. Where are we at? Where is this taking place? Okay. So over two years ago, on December 8th, 2019... A group of day trippers from a cruise ship in New Zealand went ashore on a unique excursion to a small island volcano called White Island or Wakari in the native Maori um, in the Bay of Plenty in New Zealand. So this is the upper island, the North Island, I guess, Mm -hmm. of New Zealand. Um, There's kind of this big cutout. That's the Bay of Plenty and the island is in that bay. Gotcha. Um, So people had been touring this volcano for years as the volcano was reportedly closely monitored by scientists and tourists um, who wore proper safety gear, including helmets and masks. All tours were guided to prevent tourists from getting too near the puffing gas vents or falling through soft ground into scorching hot water. So kind of like Yellowstone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) in that regard um tourists were taken through an alien world full of pillars of yellow sulfur plumes of gas rising from the earth and the crowning jewel a bright green lake colored with extremophile bacteria the only thing that could live in its super acidic waters and it was unlike anything else on earth but that looks very toxic green yes it's an unnatural green yeah. Yeah. You can see the eye. It's literally like just the tippy top of a volcano. Yeah. Above like the surface of the wave. So it's a very new and very active volcano. So, like, this cruise that takes these people there, do they, uh, I don't know, like do some type of like preliminary research to know if it's going to blow soon? 
we will get into that. We will get into that <laughs> hard. <laughs> I feel like some mistakes were made. Yeah. Yeah. So and also a helmet is not going to protect you. Let's be real. I mean, it would if there were falling rocks like from an, but like, it's not going to protect you from super An explosion. Hot. Yeah. So at 2.11 p.m., while 47 people were on the island, the volcano erupted, killing 22 and seriously injuring 25 people. Wow. Yeah. So killing, big You said up. killing 22? Yeah. And injuring 25? Mm-hmm. Golly. Yeah. And Stephanie... That's more people that survived that than I remembered you telling me, though it's it's changed um like some of the details that have come out have changed a little bit gotcha yeah so stephanie coral browitt was one of the people that were actually pretty close to the eruption zone that's actually survived and there were only two of them oh that's probably why i remember there being fewer because you you were saying two that were close to the eruption zone yeah gotcha So let's get into the history of this island and how it even became a tourist site in the first place, because this immediately made me think of Yellowstone. There have been accidents at Yellowstone of like people falling in the hot pools and stuff. But when Mm -hmm. I went there, I mean, they had guardrails and stuff. If you didn't step off the trail, like they have very clearly defined trails, like you cannot fuck it up, you know, you'll be fine. And it's because that geologic area has been around for a long 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 time on a geological Mm -hmm. scale this island is very new on a geologic time scale so it's very active so captain james cook who quote unquote discovered the south pacific meaning he was the first white guy to visit a lot of the islands um, he gave the island the name white island in um, 1769 because he thought the volcanic steam was cloud formations. The Maori have called the island Te Puya o Wakari, which means the dramatic volcano. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and believe that spirits had summoned the gift of fire from beneath the islands and granted it to their ancestors. Um, for millennia, humans have respected the danger of the island, keeping their distance until the 20th century. Mm-hmm. Of course. Sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> in 1914, New Zealanders began mining sulfur from the island, and an eruption buried 10 miners in a landslide, and they all died. Eruptions are fairly common as this small island is very active, and volcanologists monitor the, monitor the island continuously, like all the time. Um, the island was bought from the sulfur mining company in 1990 by a family from Auckland. Um, They're called the Buttles, and they began promoting the volcano as a unique attraction for tourism, an active volcano that you can visit without having to climb an entire ass mountain to get to, Hmm. right? Because you just land on the island and it's right there. Yeah, like that's Um, what it is. So tourists are practically deposited on the crater as the crater barely crests above the surface of the ocean. It is also a popular Instagram destination for its weird alien landscape. And scenes for movies have also been filmed on the island, including the Chronicles of Narnia, the Voyage of the Dawn Treader, and the live action version of Mulan. Oh, really? Yeah. That's interesting. So it's because that green lake. I mean, it's it's pretty spectacular, but I don't see why you couldn't recreate it in like on a set. 
Yeah. yeah. To be safe. Right. <laughs> you know. Right. But I mean, people go went on there all the time. But I think this event has kind of changed that a little bit. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. it has. Um, so we talked a little bit about the history of the volcano. Mm-hmm. What do they do now? How do they monitor the volcano to determine if it's safe for tourists or not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, how? Tell me. They do. <laughs> um, so while volcanologists continue to monitor the island for tourists, they have argued that it was dangerous and the island would likely erupt without warning. And anybody who was on the island when it erupted would most likely die. Oh, cool. So they definitely gave fair warning. Oh, yeah. Um, French-born Nico Fournier was the lead volcanologist at GNS Science, which is uh, New Zealand's geological institute, um, was watching Wakari at the time. Uh, There are a network of sensors at the crater, solar-powered cameras, gas detectors, and GPS that actually measures ground deformities. So it can tell if the ground is raising or lowering, which is... Hmm really cool That's cool yeah um he had already observed eruptions of the unpredictable volcano in 2016 unnoticed signs of agitation in june of uh, 2019 which was just six months before this explosion oh wow so um basically uh what they could tell was 1900 tons of sulfur dioxide began pouring pouring from the fumaroles which are those vents um Mm -hmm. vents i guess for gas um so there's an increase in sulfur dioxide as i said yes which is the gas that's pouring out of those the vents yeah yeah so this basically meant that there was a possibility of magma rising to the surface and creating this increase in sulfur dioxide that was kind of where I was going out with my question. Like if yeah. there's an increase in sulfur dioxide showing, that means that something is there's about something to happen. Yeah. Something going something on bubbling. Yeah. So the team escalated the threat level from one to two, which means heightened volcanic unrest and warned tour groups. Alerts of this kind had been issued before, but no explosions followed. And the emission level soon subsided, so then tours continued. Four months later, around November 18th, there was suddenly an increase in tremors, which we know is kind of a sign that something's going to blow. Yeah. Um, from shaking. Uh, yeah, from all of our <laughs> other volcano stories. Um, yeah. So there was a lot more steam visible as well. It seemed that Wakari was becoming active again, but the tours did not slow down. <laughs> Did you, can you hear anything in the background? I I heard something. Yeah. Is it the puppy? No, my boyfriend's home. He just sneezed. It's a puppy. It's a puppy puppy too. (laughs) Okay. So here's where we get into, into the dirty, dirty here. So over 100 people were touring the island at the time of the eruption, um, but somewhere in the Bay of Plenty. Mm-hmm. Um, on, either leaving or on their way to the eruption or to the <laughs> to the volcano. <laughs> to the eruption, to the inevitable eruption. Yeah, but uh, 47 people from the cruise ship Ovation of the Seas, operated by Royal Caribbean, mm. 
were just reaching the crater when disaster struck. So they were at the fucking crater at the time. Oh, God. Just drawing um, up to an explosion happening. Yeah. So White Island Tours had... And you know a- what the worst part about that is? What? They're probably like, oh, cool, an explosion. <laughs> yes. Like, oh, God. Not being like, yo, let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> So White Island tourists had an alert level raised on the website stating there is a potential for eruption hazards. Passengers should be aware that there is always risk of eruptive activity regardless of alert level. White Island tours follows a comprehensive safety plan which determines our activities on the island at various levels. Okay, so they had a warning, but Royal Royal Caribbean staffers didn't let people know signing up. And they would not have necessarily looked at the website. Um, and White Island Tours did not have a specific briefing to those on their way to the volcano. That's because, such a liability. Yeah. Because they were signing up on a lot of these tours, like, on the ship. You yeah. Know? So they weren't necessarily, like, looking into the website or anything. Yeah, because, like, who has service in the middle of the ocean? Exactly. Well, they no do. One. They probably do on those. I think they There's do on cruise, cruise ships. ships yeah. But- but, like, if you're, you know, if the cruise ship says it's safe. Yeah, I know you're going to trust that they know what they're talking about. Right. They wouldn't let tourists go if it was dangerous, right? Right. Right. <laughs> so that that's kind of that situation. So most people on the island that day were completely unaware of the danger. Stephanie Coral Browitt was one of the individuals on the island at the time of the eruption. She and her father, Paul, and sister, Crystal, who's 21, um, I believe she was maybe 26 at the time, uh, were members of the Ovation of the Seas group, while her mother, Marie, stayed on the ship docked in the Bay of Plenty. Stephanie said that it was only once they reached the island that they were informed that the volcano alert level was two. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Which is the highest it can be before an eruption occurs. Why? Um, I have so many questions, but you've already answered them, actually, so I don't need to ask them again. (laughs) So, like, why would you do that? Yeah. (laughs) Money, baby. Um, (laughs) Baby. Baby. She noticed that once you were on the island, there was no way off other than the boats, um, but she trusted the group running the tours, stating that they wouldn't be running the tours if they had thought it was dangerous, which if I, I would also assume that. Yeah, I mean, like, they do it all the time. They're the experienced ones. They right. live there or around there, like, you know. Yep. They they know it. Why, why would they lie? I don't know. So um, on slide two, uh, there's a picture of Stephanie and her father, Paul. Very um, nice. Yeah. So that's what she looked like before um, this eruption happened. Mm-hmm. This other picture is of Hayden Marshall Inman, who was an American tour guide who had been on the island over a hundred or sorry, no, a thousand times. Um, And he was leading a tour group of 38 people from the Ovation of the Seas, along with three other local guides. Uh, Many of the guides and actually the owners of this tour group were unfortunately Maori. um, And they were, the community was really benefiting from these tours. But unfortunately, Mm -hmm. this event has kind of made it difficult for them. And so that's kind of 
unfortunate because I totally get like trying to take advantage of, of tourism, you know, yeah. to help support your community. But oh, so they were the ones there. on the island. Um, a helicopter tour had also just landed, bringing the number of people on the island to 47. Golly. Yeah. Uh, Stephanie and her family were in um, Marshall Inman's group. And they reached the center of the island around 2 p.m., which contains that acidic crater lake. Here they were taking photos around 2.04 p.m., just five minutes before the eruption. They began Cute walking. family photo that is very uh, disastrous in the long run. Yeah, so a slide three, you can see the family photo that they took. Yeah, it's cute for sure, but oh my god. Every time I would look at that, I would just... Right. Yeah, bad memories. Yeah. So after they took that photo, they began walking back towards the jetty where the boat was waiting for them. Um, But Crystal was back chatting with one of the tour guides, asking questions. So she was still very much at the crater, and Stephanie and her dad were walking back towards the jetty so they were about halfway between the crater and the jetty at the time yeah I think that's one of those things like if I was on a volcano island and like the warning was at the highest warning that it's ever been I would go take a picture real quick and be like all right skedaddle I'm done I'm not (laughs) hanging around here I don't know now now that I know this I'd be like uh take me back well yeah first of all take me back if that's an option it didn't really seem like that was an option right away, is it? Uh, maybe not, but you could have at least hung out on the boat, which we'll get to. The boat was probably the safest place to be okay. during this whole thing. So. Yeah. Well, then if that is an option to go back, because I thought it was like they were on the island and then it was like, hey, fun fact, this shit's about to blow and we have to stay here for the next 40 minutes because <laughs> I'm paid to tour you guys around here. And then it's like, oh, shit, I can't just go back. That's what I kind of I thought. Yeah. I thought the scenario well, was more like that. Worst comes to worst, you could also jump into the water if you're near like true. the jetty. That's so, true. Yeah. 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 Just stay very far, far away. And that very much saved a lot of people's lives. So yeah. suddenly several short pulses of steam burst out from the lakes, rising hundreds of feet into the air, which was not normal. Seconds later, the island exploded. Gas, steam, and pulverized pulverized rocks shot 10,000 feet up in the air. Um, Stephanie and Paul... Is that 10,000 feet? Yes. Golly. Yes, so... That's a lot of feet. That's a lot of feet. Um, (laughs) Stephanie, that's that's several... That's like two miles in the air, basically. Yeah. Um, Stephanie and Paul, who were halfway back to where the boats would pick them up, turned back to see how far back Crystal was, and started to see ash coming from the volcano. They still didn't fully understand the danger. They thought it was normal. So they took a photo not knowing the extreme danger they were in. Oh my God. Like, just like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Crystal, who was right at the eruption site, actually took a photo capturing the moment the eruption began right at 10 or 2.10 p.m. And Do it for the can, gram. You can see that. That's the other photo on that page with the family picture. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's about to blow. Yeah. And I don't know how they got these photos considering how fucked. I wonder if it just like uploaded to the cloud or something like that. Or on the SD card. I don't know. Yeah. Something and it didn't burn or I don't know. I don't know how it all works. Yeah. Me neither. 
So Stephanie heard the tour guide shout for them to run. And she began running toward the boat, trying unsuccessfully to get her gas mask on her face. And she was hit by a surge of ash and rock. Oh, God. She stated, it was coming from behind and getting louder and louder as it was coming closer. You could hear all the rocks. You could hear Oh, I'm sure. It was like probably rumbling. Yeah. You could hear the sounds of all the rocks hitting the ground and people just screaming. It felt like a wave. It just takes you. I was knocked over. I was tumbling, rolling for minutes. I mean, it felt like forever until it stopped. And then I was just burning hot. Oh, my God. I remember trying to stand up and it took so much energy just to stand up. I remember thinking, I can't believe how hard this is. My legs just feel like jelly. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm sure. She So she got full on hit by a pyroclastic flow, essentially. God. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even want to imagine what that feels like. Well, you don't have to imagine because she will straight up tell you in her TikTok. (laughs) She's like, it fucking sucked. Uh, The rest of the island was in absolute chaos. The helicopter, which had just brought tourists to the island, was thrown 900 yards from its landing pad due to oh the explosion shock god was there anyone in the helicopter i don't think so they were so, all touring as well yeah the wall was there i feel like the helicopter would have left or tried to leave or something if there was someone in there right yeah i don't think they were close enough to the helicopter to take off gotcha it happened that quickly so the wall of debris began to sweep across the island moving 20 to 30 miles per hour taking over the group Some people might have been killed instantly by the pressure wave. Um, Others may have been asphyxiated from the blast of air being knocked out of their lungs, causing them to draw in superheated gas, something we've talked about when we talked about like Pompeii. Yeah. So those who lived and those who died came down to luck. Basically, if they could find shelter, they would be more likely to live. Yeah, because I'm not getting freaking pelted by the rocks. Yeah. Some were close enough to the water that they could jump into the sea and they had, you know, minimal injuries Yeah. Um, compared to everyone else. So others who could not move as fast but were far enough away from the initial blast got horribly burned. I'm um, sure. Nico uh, Fournier, the volcanologist, estimated that the temperatures in the cloud of gas and ash would have been between... 200 to 390 degrees Fahrenheit. God. Yeah. It's a balmy day. Just, you know, typical South Texas morning. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That's so hot. I know. Um, it's hotter than boiling water, right? Because boiling water is like at 200 or something. Yeah. Yeah. So Boy. Stephanie managed to stand and began walking toward the water, but fell down another hill landing among another group of tourists trying to flee the eruption she stated no one could move i think a lot of people gave up on screaming but every 15 to 20 minutes i'd hear my name again Mm. my dad was yelling out my name and i realized he was checking up on me to make sure that i was awake oh wow so her dad got out okay no he was also he was still alive oh he was also in that group oh god um She knew she was badly burnt as she dipped in and out of consciousness and the hot sun beating down was only making it worse. 
Yeah. It's like you ever have like a bad sunburn and then you go back outside and the sun hits you and you're like, ah, I yeah. shouldn't be outside right now. I'm sure that was like that, but like 20 times worse. Like a thousand times worse. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly, a side note, I am low-key terrified of getting like that burnt. Oh, me I, too. I it's got to be like the most horrific pain and the damage it does to your skin. I like, I like my face. I like my skin. I like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just. I can't so. imagine that either. Yeah. So and following this girl's mom was like on the boat watching all this happen. Yeah. God, that's so scary as a mother. Yeah. And she I probably didn't have any idea if they were actually on the island or not, you know? Yeah. So following the eruption, the other tour boats in the relative safety of the bay began cautiously moving toward the island, fearing another eruption, but knowing they were the only people that might be able to save those still alive on the island. Yeah. Um, Wounds were horrible from those emerging from the clouds of steam. Quick trigger warning here. Skip ahead like 15 seconds. Um, So they were so bad that like their skin was like dripping off their faces. Flesh was charred. Although clothing had protected some of their body parts, surprisingly. Um, Oh. Yeah. First aid supplies were inadequate for the injuries aboard the boats because they just had your normal first aid kit, right? Mm -hmm. So both tour guides and tourists were doing what they could, which mostly was pouring fresh water from the boats, like water stores. God, but that must hurt so bad. Yeah. And within 30 No amount of aloe vera is going to help that. (laughs) No, aloe vera is not good enough. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, no. within like aloe 13... vera and gauze, like wrap them up. Like, <laughs> I like, mean, I what got else would some, you do? Some aloe vera for sunburns. Yeah. Will this work? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Probably has like alcohol in it too. Makes it worse. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So within 13 minutes, 23 survivors were taken from the island uh, via tour boat. Basically. God bless it. Uh, many victims were going into shock. Uh, Stephanie Browett and her family were not part of that group that got rescued f- from the boats. Oh, because she was further inland on yeah, the island. I get yeah, she had to wait nearly an hour for help to arrive in a different form. Oh my god, an, an hour, hour of laying there. And when the I told you, didn't have any like radio out there like hey we need this asap most of those people were already dead the tour guides they were right at the crater who drove the boat oh i'm sure they were radioing back and and but the problem was they were i mean this was immediately post eruption there was still i mean like coast guard or like any that like uniform service in new zealand that's like on the water the problem was they weren't close enough. They were still worried about an eruption happening, oh. like another one. There was a lot of different and like poisonous gas, like all kinds yeah. of stuff. So a lot of I factors. Mean, still probably gearing up to even get there in the yeah. first place because the only people there were the boats and the tour helicopters. Yeah. Jeez Louise. So speaking of the tour helicopters, we have some big ass bravery. I was going to say, tell me about this guy, Mark Law, I'm looking at right now. Yeah, so slide four, we have the picture of the eruption that the tourists 
who had just left the island were taking. Could you imagine being on that boat too? Yeah, I'd be like, like fuck that. Like serendipity, you just missed a horrible, horrible thing. Yeah. Because, I mean, they were fine. Um, yeah, but it's also super shitty because they're like on the boat being like, oh, cool, volcanic eruption. And it's like, um, people are dead. <laughs> yeah, well, and maybe some of them, I'm, I'm sure some of them didn't realize, but I think other people were taking photos for like news and, and just oh. knowing that this was something huge and we need to capture Document some footage it. of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, that's fair. But you're right. A lot of people were probably like, Insta. <laughs> yeah <laughs> take my picture with it yeah so let's talk about mark law okay. uh so mark law was a tour guide helicopter pilot for uh i think also white island uh tours he was not on the island at the time of the eruption but saw the plume as he drove along the coast on the mainland and he knew immediately what was going on mm-hmm. um he knew that rescue was being held up for fear of a second eruption. Um, but Law jumped in a helicopter and grabbed a gas mask without hesitation. And his he had two colleagues following behind him in a second copter. Gosh. As they approached the crater, they could see people lying on the ground and found a spot to land. The crater was covered with a layer of ash that Law sunk into up to his shins as he walked out looking for victims that were still alive. Oh my god, yeah, it looks like snow in that picture. Yeah, so yeah, the next slide shows. It's like literally just covered completely in white ash. Mm-hmm. And you can see um, their helicopter in comparison to like the crater, like how big mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. So... A few people were moaning for help, and Law and his colleagues, Jason Hill and Tom Story, loaded victims up into the helicopters, um, the victim's skin coming off in the pilot's hands. Ugh, gross. Stephanie and Paul were two of those victims. Stephanie remembers her father telling them to take Stephanie first. Um, And she heard Law yelling, it's okay, it's going to be okay, everyone's going to be okay, help is coming. She was put in the front seat of Jason Hill's helicopter and there were four other victims on board with her. She remembers thinking, why is there no help on the helicopter? I imagine there would be medics or like a medical helicopter, you know, Mm -hmm. but it was just the tour guides. So they didn't have, they were literally just getting people off. Yeah. They had nothing to help them otherwise. So that's on the so ride back, Jason Hill made sure uh, Stephanie stayed awake. Um, another pilot, Tim Barrow, retrieved two more victims. The pilots dropped the victims off at the nearby hospital on the mainland, and Law refueled his chopper, ready to go back. But the whole area was being sealed off from emergency services, and no one was allowed to return to the island. Oh, my God. So she was, like, the last one to get off. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. 22 or dad was like take her first oh my god they they actually got him too oh they did yeah they did 22 of the 25 survivors were in critical condition i bet some with third degree burns covering 95 percent of their bodies god that's just terrible i can't even imagine what that would be like yeah well you don't have to imagine because i'm going to tell you 
Uh, well, yeah, I know. I'm like, I'm looking at the next slide and at her hands and everything. So yeah, like, yeah. just, uh, yeah. Uh, following the eruption, the families of the dead were pushing for body recovery. 13 of the 22 total victims had been recovered with the living victims the day of the accident. Um, some died in hospital, uh, but eight bodies still remained on the island that they knew God. of. Three days after the eruption, even though a second eruption had a 50% chance of occurring, um, eight members of the New Zealand Special Forces arrived to retrieve bodies that drone imagery had pinpointed uh, the location of beforehand so they could just go grab, leave. Mm-hmm. Um, they only managed to retrieve six bodies as tour guide Hayden Marshall Inman, uh, who is one of the, the dead, and uh, teenager Winona Langford were unaccounted for. They couldn't oh, find God, them. They probably disintegrated. Well, police teams tried to recover the two bodies, but rain may have buried the bodies in ashy, acidic mud or mm. washed the bodies into the bay. I gotcha. That's a yeah. bummer. Their bodies to this day have not been recovered. Gosh, that's sad. So it's in sad honor for of the families, like they don't have any closure. No, no, you don't. In honor of the lost victims, Maori declared a rahui on the Eastern Bay, banning all vessels and people to respect the bereaved families. Mm-hmm. So God. let's get back to what happened to Stephanie. She still doesn't know what happened to Crystal after the eruption, whether she was brought back to the mainland on the same day of the eruption or if she was one of the eight recovered days later. God, she so also does, doesn't have any specifics on how she died. I mean, other than the fact that there's a volcano. Um, yeah, I mean, you can just assume that yes. she got burned bad or, hit, yeah. you know, hit pummeled by rocks and stuff. But it's like, did she die immediately and painlessly or was she, you know, suffering for so- hours? Yeah, they don't know. Gosh, that's, yeah, that's sad. Stephanie and Paul were medevaced to Melbourne, Australia. And her father died of his injuries four weeks later, being the last victim of the incident. Gosh, he held on long, though. He did. That's um, sad. Did I wonder if, like, they got to see each other before he passed? They didn't. Ugh. Because she was sad. in a coma for two weeks. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. So she was in a coma, fighting for her life. And when she woke up, she found that she had suffered third degree burns on 70% of her body and lost parts of her fingers in the disaster. Yeah. God. Her clothes, specifically her running shoes, actually, well, and partially her t-shirt actually protected large parts of her body and saved her injuries from being worse. Um, And I think also she was wearing like sunglasses or something that protected her eyes. Um, Yeah. But her legs, back, face, and arms were severely damaged. She has been documenting her recovery on TikTok, talking about what it was like to survive the ordeal and how recovery as a burn victim is going. She wears compression gear on her legs, arms, hands, and face most of the time, um, which basically the compression mask covers her entire head, except for like her mouth and her nose and her eyes pretty much. And she has ear holes too. And ears, yeah. Or like a luchador mask, you know? 
like the yeah. Mexican uh, Nacho Libre. <laughs> yeah. So she had to undergo a series of skin graft surgeries before the compression bandages were required. And, and this is basically just to make sure her skin, like the capillaries and stuff on her skin, like heals and, and, you know, properly works. I don't know. Doctor shit. Mm-hmm. She's also found some video footage on her phone from the eruption as she was running away from it on her TikTok, and it is terrifying. Oh, sure. But she tends to stick to more recovery videos than, you know, reliving that event. Yeah, Um, like, why put yourself through that misery all over again? Yeah. So recently in June of 2022, she finally removed her compression mask, revealing her face for the first time in two and a half years since the accident on 60 Minutes Australia. And honestly, like, she looks amazing. She does. I, when I was watching her TikTok videos, I don't think I saw one after June of 2022. Mm -hmm. Because I haven't really been on a lot recently. But um, when I saw ones that you sent me, like, a couple months ago, I was curious how the compression mask was going to help her in the long run it honestly she looks great like yeah. you couldn't you'd never be able to tell that she was in that accident yeah she recently posted a video that i watched like a couple days ago about how she was on a walk with her dog and a neighbor stopped by and was like you have a, such a beautiful dog i've seen someone else walking their dog around um and i think they were like in a big accident were like a burn survivor and she was like that's yeah, me. that was me. <laughs> <laughs> so she looks great. Yeah, she really does. I mean, obviously, like, she had to amputate fingers and, you know, she's not. But it looks like she still has, like, at least half of her fingers. Yes. little. So, I mean, like, that's probably super annoying, but better than not having mm-hmm. fingers. I mean, I feel like if I were to lose any body part, like, it would be super annoying to lose my fingers. Just because yeah. you won't be able to grab things. Like, you, yeah. you you use your hands for everything all the time, all day, every day. Yeah. Yeah, you just don't think about it, really. Yeah. yeah. But I, that's part of the reason why I decided to do this story now, even though we'd just done, like, a volcano one, was because, like, her recovery story was so significant and important. And I don't think we often talk about, like, recoveries, like, the full recovery stories behind these mm-hmm. things. Um. Partially because they're rough and they're brutal and we already talk about things that are pretty brutal, but this is such a success story. And because this recently happened, I was like, oh yeah, we got to talk about Stephanie. Yeah. Well, also it's like the recovery process. You have to be super diligent about it too. And I know myself well enough to be like, ah, I don't need to wear this compression mask today. Like I'm tired of it. It itches my face. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, Mm -hmm. it's it's ugly. Like I'm tired of wearing it. It's tight. It's itchy. Like whatever. It's like, I just want to break. I want to let my face breathe. But like, she probably has to wear that thing all day, every day. Yes. Right. Does she even take it off for like an hour or something? Like, or I think she takes it off to like bathe. Yeah. But but that's like it. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, I'm not good with that kind of regimen. Mm -mm. Like when I would twist my ankles playing soccer and the doctor would like, oh, put this ankle brace on for like a week. I'd be like, all right, I'll just wear it when I play soccer. Like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like maybe that's why my ankles are fucked up now. But (laughs) I think I would do it just because like I would want my face to get recovered as much as I possibly could recover. That's also true. Yeah. 
and she looks great she looks she really so does. good do you know where they took her skin grafts from like her good body parts probably? uh some of them were from other people oh other people um but i think some of them were also watch the video she probably mentions yeah um i know some of them were from her but i don't okay. remember what body like parts of the body yeah um, she looks great yeah so this accident has made tourism in the region difficult uh, the Maori company and Maori majority, majority owners of White Island Tours now face a long legal battle, which will be difficult for this community. Um, sure. A law established in 1974 guarantees full medical coverage for employees and tourists injured in these accidents, but may actually shield those responsible for damages. So... I don't know, maybe the White Island tours will get out of it. Um, mm. So WorkSafe New Zealand, which is a prosecuting body, could still press criminal charges if it was determined, however, that the tour company recklessly ignored safety precautions, which it kind of seems like they did. They, yeah, they totally did. Yeah. Um, Royal Caribbean could still also be charged if it's determined that they did not give informed consent to their passengers specifically involving the danger level of the volcano prior to eruption, which it seems like they did too, but they might come back with, well, I put it on our website, you know. That or like whatever liability that they signed before going probably has like some fine print in there. Like, yeah, Caribbean is not responsible for any like injury or death that may occur from Mm -hmm. this trip. So this is still kind of like unfolding as we speak so if we get updates from it you know if i read an article about how that's going i'll I'll let y'all know but for now it's still unfolding all right so stephanie and her mother are obviously furious with royal caribbean god i would be too uh stephanie stated that they didn't sign any waivers and weren't informed of the dangers and stated that they wouldn't have done it if they had known about and understood the threat level and the volcanic activity in the weeks that led up to it. Because it's like they told them it was threat level two, but they didn't, like, really tell them what that meant. Yeah, so, like, back when you said about, you know, the liabilities and them stating the harm, potential harm and whatnot, and how we were like, yeah, it didn't. It seemed like that they didn't say those things up front and they weren't very honest about it. Um, I feel like the proof is when like they stepped on the island and the guy's like oh this is a category two or whatever level two blah 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 yeah and it's like so like that says that they have the knowledge like the guides have the knowledge of how Mm -hmm. severe the potential harm is right and like i don't know like yeah they told it to them and i guess like you know another angle could be like they they're they're their own person they can make their own decisions like we told them it was this you mm-hmm. know extreme they could have turned back but no they went forward like there's so many stupid angles to that yeah but it's like they clearly knew the danger was there and they still dropped him off anyway here's my thing though it's not like it's a volcanologist telling them like hey this is the actual like danger of what could happen to you it's the tour guides who want to make money yeah and so i don't know that they're going to tell them like the full scope of like how bad it could be that's also true and i'm sure like nico fournier and like the other volcanologists don't really recommend tourists going on this island in the first place so i don't know i don't know how they're gonna 
I'm curious to see how it's going to shake out, basically. Yeah, me too. Um, so Marie, Stephanie's mom, says of Royal Caribbean, they stripped me of my family and haven't taken accountability for it. And that's, yeah. yeah. It's true. In addition, they are frustrated with how long the investigation is taking as the New Zealand police have yet to interview them and have taken photos and videos from their loved ones' phones without giving them the information they need for closure about Crystal. God, yeah. The New Zealand police have stated that some aspects of the investigation have been delayed due to COVID-19 restrictions. And so that was another twist in this whole thing is that COVID-19 was happening when Stephanie was recovering in the hospital. Yeah. God. And then you wake up and you're in a pandemic. Mm Mm-hmm. What a time to be alive. What a time. So Stephanie stated in an interview, I wish my dad and sister were still alive and with me. I wish that day would leave me. It has caused me many sleepless nights. There are many times when my mind won't shut off. Even now, it still hurts a lot, like the emotions. I just hope my sister and dad can see me now and what I have gone through to get here. Yeah. Which she has gone through so much and so please go and like support her and like give her all the love you can because she is awesome but before we end the story the names of the victims include from australia paul browitt crystal browitt richard elzer martin hollander julie richards jessica richards zoe hosking gavin dallow carla matthews jason griffiths Christine Langford, Anthony Langford, and Winona Langford. From the U.S., Hayden Marshall Inman, Barbara Hollander, Berend Hollander, and Matthew Hollander. From New Zealand, Tipin Mangi. Ages of the dead range from 50, sorry, excuse me, 51 to just 15. And you notice... A lot of those people have the same last names. Yeah, a lot of family members. A lot of, and like wiped out in one blow. Yeah. Could you imagine like the other families dealing with that? Yeah. Yeah. I don't ever, I don't ever want to think about that happening to my parents. (laughs) So no active volcanoes for anybody. Um, No. No. My sources real quick. The Eruption of Instagram Island by Joshua Hammer um, from GQ. A New Zealand volcano victim tells of waiting to be rescued from White Island with burns to over 70% of her body um, by Stephanie March and Genevieve McGregor, uh, Four Corners, ABC News, Australia. Um, Volcano burn survivor removes face mask for first time. A real fighter by Andrew Court of the New York Post. Um, White Island... New Zealand police complete identification of volcano victims from BBC News. And then Stephanie Coral uh, Browitz TikTok account, which is just at Stephanie Coral 96. Mm-hmm. So go follow her. She is awesome. She posts a lot of really good content and has made me a little bit. It's not her job or anything, but it's made me a little bit more comfortable, like talking and learning about like burn survivors. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. What and I've seen on her TikTok account is great. Yeah. And it's it's very relatable because she's like our age, you know, mm-hmm. and has been going through a lot of the same shit that we have, you know, pandemic and all this shit. But on top of it is a bird victim, like survivor, yeah. basically. Jeez, what a 
what a life yeah well, she's i mean she's rocking it so i really i wanted to talk about her today what cards she i said what cards that she was dealt oh yeah yeah so it's kind of a bittersweet ending which happens with a lot of ours but like i one said sur- pa- one survivor powerful. some survivors yeah and there's other you know survivors that are burn victims as well she just has a very active you know tiktok account i think you get right. a lot of info from so yeah 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 definitely all right what an event I know. It's crazy. Yeah. Makes well, you... at least I have the rest of the day to process this now. <laughs> so when you go on a trip with Royal Caribbean, double check their fucking website, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Jeez. I, I've never, I'm not a cruise ship person. Never have been. Don't think I ever will be. I can hardly take ferries. So, mm. you know, I get seasick. I'm fine on small boats, like yeah. flats boats, skiffs, bay boats. Fine. Don't ever have to take Dramamine. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Put me on a freaking ferry or like a cruise ship. Mm-hmm. Fuck no. I'm vomiting. I don't I don't know. It's weird. It's the size of it. I, I think it's just like you feel everything more on. No, I don't know. Because you would feel everything more on a small boat. I don't know, yeah, though. Because I'm the opposite. I get seasick on small boats, but not on big boats. Oh, yeah. No, I don't. Like, might be because you're inside more and you're not seeing the horizon. So, that horizon thing doesn't work for me. Oh, okay. Like, I, it's stupid because to me, I look at the horizon, but I'm still like bobbing up and down. Mm -hmm. So, the horizon is still fucking moving. (laughs) It's supposed to kind of like center you in your brain because I don't know. I don't know how it's supposed to work, but it's supposed to work. I, it hasn't really ever worked for me, but usually I just like close my eyes for 15 minutes and it wears off. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's kind of uh, what it is. I got to wear those wristbands. Those work. Yeah, they do. I don't it's know. It's crazy. the pressure point. I know it's the simplest thing, but they work really well. So. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have issues, go look for those wristbands. They're like little sweatbands and they got a bead on them that you're supposed to put right over I don't know what your pressure point it's like two to three fingers from your the base of your wrist yeah is like where you're supposed to put it yeah and they they work for me they work for me too I wear them to amusement parks because I love roller coasters but my body (laughs) hates roller coasters so (laughs) yeah I've never gotten seasick on any of the big boats research vessels or I've been on a cruise before I like I like a cruise personally but I also don't get seasick so (laughs) like yeah no I, I would not do well also, I think yeah. I might like be a little panicky because I'm like, I'm out in the middle of the ocean and I have like, I'm stuck on this boat. I got mm-hmm. no escape, you know, like, yeah, I definitely need to have like my options. Yeah. Well, considering I've already done that whole Pacific middle, literal middle of the ocean trip. Yeah, I- you're probably fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess nothing. It's child's All play. Right. So let's talk about good things. Good things. Um. Well, you'll you'll appreciate this. Uh-huh. I ordered um, Joanna Gaines's cookbooks off Amazon. Oh, and they came the other day. The Magnolia Cookbook, Volume One, Volume Two. Mm-hmm. So, um, I am going to do grocery shopping today. I was going to do it anyway, but since those cookbooks came, I'm gonna make a recipe out of the cookbooks for dinner. So we're having enchiladas Ooh. for dinner tonight. So that's. That's my nice thing that I'm looking forward to. And I really like those cookbooks. I knew I would like them because I like her. Yeah. And like all of like the recipes that I like to cook are like in those cookbooks, which is really mm-hmm. nice. 
because I've had other cookbooks before and I'm just like they call for all these like weird ingredients I'm like I can't get that on fucking big pine like yeah. right so I yeah have that problem so, too yeah so it's nice to have like cookbooks that are like down home meals that like one of her things calls for hash browns and she's like, oh, just, you know, pull the bag out of the freezer and, like, thaw them out. And I'm like, cool. So you're not making your own hash browns. Mm-hmm. Like, you just go and buy them from the store, too. I love this. Yes. <laughs> but everything else is, like, obviously made and things like yeah, that. Yeah. So. I, I do a lot of substitutions, too, for, like, stuff like that. I think the only thing I, I, I things I usually try to make from scratch are, like, sauces. Yeah. That's not that hard. But, like, yeah, we used to have a lot of problems sourcing stuff. When we lived in Palacios, um, of course, we live here now and we're like 30 minutes away from an HEB, yeah. like a big HEB. And we have a, an HEB in our town as well. But uh, yeah, it's just unless unless you were cooking Mexican or Vietnamese, it was hard to source like weird, weirder things. Yeah, yeah we just we have an organic market on Big Pine and then an Asian market just opened up and then we have a Winn-Dixie. So like mm-hmm. there's options, but like. I don't know. Still, it's limited at the same time too. Yeah. So, but yeah. So I'm excited to make a good dinner tonight and uh, go grocery shopping because our fridge is pretty bare. Yeah, so. I am also doing that today. I'm going to the big HEB and nice. I'm so excited because they have the cutest homeware out right now, and I'm gonna go buy it because it's probably on sale because yeah. they probably have the fall stuff out already. So I'm That's excited. Cute. Yeah, I went to Beals the other day and they had Halloween decorations out already. Yeah. I mean, that's part of the reason why y'all it is. It's part of the reason why I'm going to Hobby Lobby and Target because they got their Halloween shit out. Uh, Spooky season's coming. I cannot wait to just like have like the seasonal decorations for my house and just like, you know, when Halloween comes around, change out the exterior and interior decorations to be like Halloween-y and then Christmas-y and then just put it back to like regular I love it. Yeah. It's so fun. Yeah, I guess that's one of my happy things. But my other one is I'm 30. You are 30. When Mm -hmm. was your birthday? Did I miss it? Did I tell you happy birthday? Um, it was the 29th of July, so you might have been in Iowa. I was in Iowa. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I didn't even wish you happy birthday. That's okay. Oh my god, I feel so bad. No, it's fine. I never wish anybody happy. I always forget, so I don't judge other people. Okay, um, cool. I felt so bad. I was no, it's like, fine. Not oh a my big god, deal. 30 flirty and thriving. Yeah, I mean, everyone keeps telling me these are going to be the, my best years. So we'll but see. Ho- hopefully, right? <laughs> Fingers crossed. It's got to be better. Than, I don't know. I had a pretty good 20s, I think. We, we struggled. I struggled on and off, you know, obviously terrible yeah. catastrophe happened in the middle of my 20s. But um, yeah, he went through a lot. And that but definitely... like, I feel like I did pretty good for my 20s. Thank you. Did I, too. I, I've, I've got some stuff figured out now. I feel uh, like. Yeah, I think yeah. we're doing all right. Yeah. You know, I got a husband. I snagged a boy. That's good. <laughs> Step one, snag boy. <laughs> Step two, overthrow the patriarchy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He will be right next to me when we do half. It's so funny because, you know, it used to be me that was like, oh, God, men are trash, men are garbage, blah, blah, blah. And now he does it more than I do at this point. Like, (laughs) yeah, it's like, why? Why do they have to be the worst? Uh, um, 
Another good thing that briefly talked about is the movie 13 Lives has oh, come yeah. out on Prime. Amazon I need to Prime. watch that today. I watched it twice in the past week because I'm insane. It was that good. I thought so. And also the first time I wasn't wholly paying attention because I was working from home. Uh, so I missed some stuff. So I wanted to watch thing. it again with, and I watched it again with Corey. But 13 Lives is the story of the Thai soccer team Cave Rescue. Yes. That we talked about early on. I feel like, I don't remember what episode. It was like episode eight or nine or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it was really, really good. They had the actual cave divers that did the rescue, uh, John Belanthan and Rich Richard, uh, or sorry, no, Rick Stanton, um, they had the two of them, um, like, consulting on the entire film. Oh, wow. That's cool. So it looks super real. Like, Yeah. Uh, so Rick Stanton said the only part of the movie that wasn't realistic to what happened was um, the water wasn't as dark or as murky as it was in real life. But he was like, that makes sense because otherwise you wouldn't be able to see anything yeah. that was going on in the movie so um but they do make it feel so claustrophobic and rick santon said that when he saw like the set designs like the tanks with the like narrow cave passages in them he was like like i was so taken aback by how real that looked to the actual cave system oh really like he said it looked like like it was and i was like that is so cool that they have to watch it you should because it's very accurate to what happened there's a few parts missing like the whole elon musk fiasco but like Mm -hmm. other than that um it was it was pretty spot on and they got like real or like northern thai people to play all the northern thai characters like they're all thai um and uh vigo mortensen plays rick stanton our our boy from lord of the rings oh i was like who's that i don't know who that is Oh my god. I'm not, I'm not good with actor names. <laughs> Aragorn from Lord of the Rings, the main hot guy. He's kind of grungy looking. He is the titular king in Return of the King. Let me look him up. Oh my I'm god. terrible. Yeah. I'm I'm telling you, I'm terrible with actor names and movies and stuff. That's not my forte at all. <laughs> he is like an incredible actor though. So I was really happy that they got him. That's um, good. And then uh, Colin Farrell plays John Philanthan. Um, oh yeah okay he did a good job too because usually i hate him and everything <laughs> yeah yeah I was like, that's but interesting he did a really good job uh even Corey was like usually i just hate that guy but i really liked him in this one i was like i know so yeah it was it was awesome it's excellent um all of the diving to me as a diver looked really legit and yeah. they did all of their own stunts vigo and colin and all the other divers did their own oh. stunts Wow. So they basically learned how to cave dive in a semi-safe cave, basically. That's wild. Yeah. Um, so it's really good. Please go watch it. It was amazing. Um, and I'm sure half of the people who list- are listening have already watched it, already know about it. But if yeah. you haven't, please That's go. That's your jam. Yeah. I'm going to watch it today. That's going to be on my list of things to do for sure. Definitely put subtitles on. Oh, I always watch things with subtitles on. Mm-hmm. My boyfriend hates it. 
He's like, I want to watch a movie. I don't want to read a movie. And I was like, just ignore the text then. Yeah. The text takes up like the bottom eighth of the screen. Yeah. Because they're either speaking Thai, speaking English with a heavy heavy Thai accent or speaking English with a heavy British accent. So you've got to have the subtitles on. Yeah. Well, speaking Um, of caves, you'll think this is funny. When I was in Iowa, we were coming back from one of like their family's properties. mm -hmm. And there is this place called Crystal Lake Caves. And it's Mm -hmm. like a show cave. Yeah. And we almost toured it. And you should have. Well, we we were going to, we're kind of on a time crunch. And it was one of those things like we could have hopped in on the tour. But the tour was going to be like 45 minutes to an hour long. And we were in the car like, oh, if it's anything like an hour, we're, we shouldn't do it because, you know, we're on a time crunch. And so yeah. um, we did, we ended up not doing it. But we're like, oh, we'll come back another time. But in my head, I was like thinking about all the times I'm like, fuck caves. I don't ever want to go to cave. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Julian would get a kick out of this. Me just being like, oh, yeah, let's just go in a show cave. And yeah, I was having a lot of bad thoughts of all the stories you told me before. And I'm like, no. Well, it's like I go in show caves, even though yeah. I have. Yeah. Well, I've been in Luray Caverns, and that's about the only show cave that I trust just because I grew up around it. And I've been <laughs> in it a lot of times. Yeah. But this one, the Crystal Lake Cave, it's like 50-something degrees year-round in there. And you have to go down into it. I feel like with Luray Caverns, don't you just kind of like walk into it? Yeah, but you have to go down steps. Like when we did, uh, we did, um, oh, I can't remember the names of the caverns. We went to one in Texas where you had to go down a lot of steps. And we went into the like lava tubes and and, uh, Hana, you had to go down a lot of steps to get down there. So that's I also pretty was normal. Not prepared with a jacket, fifty something degrees. I would definitely need like yeah. No, you on. do. You <laughs> do for sure. Cold. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I do show caves. I just ha- was spelunking. Like my biggest fear is getting like trapped, like stuck in a squeeze. Fuck that. Yeah. No. I again, yeah. if you have to force your way through something, I don't think you're meant to go there. Right. And that's I just yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and that's part of the problem with this story is like the the Tan Luang cave system they were stuck in was a show cave during the dry time of year, but because Mm -hmm. the monsoon brings so much rain in that region, they close it down because the cave floods. Yep. (laughs) Yep. But the part they were stuck in was actually pretty deep into the cave and not even in like the area that would be considered like the show cave area. Because the yeah. squeezes that the divers have to get through are insane. Yeah, and it wasn't so. it like they got that far in because they pretty much just like panic ran. Yeah. Had to get to like higher ground. Yeah. Well, they had nowhere to go otherwise. I mean, everything else would, be, would have been underwater. So yeah. Gosh, that's so scary. I don't ever want to think about that. But I'm telling you, and the little kids they got to play these Thai boys are incredible. They were so good yeah. too. Yeah. So go watch it. Um, and I guess it's time to kind of wind things down uh so where can our listeners find us you guys can find us on social media on instagram at mother nature will podcast on twitter at mnwky podcast uh we also have a website mother nature will kill you podcast.com and you can find us on any streaming platform like apple podcasts or google podcast or spotify what have you yeah um, in addition, if you happen to survive the Wakari White Island eruption, 
we want to hear about it. Whether you're yep. Stephanie Browett or one of the other 25 survivors, um, right in. Um, but if you don't have a story as crazy as that, um, you are also welcome to write in. Um, it can just be a story where you were uncomfy in nature or something kind of scary happened um, while you were out on a hike or in a boat. We want to hear about it. So uh, you can send those stories to um, uh, on our website. We have a page where you can submit stories. So, mm-hmm. and that is mothernaturewillkillyoupodcast.com. Um, in addition, if you want to help out the podcast, but uh, have no money because we live in a capitalist hellscape where you can't shop at Amazon nor at Hobby Lobby without regrets, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> you can regrets. give us a five-star review um, at any of the listening platforms to try to help us bump up the charts and get more listeners. Um, so next, uh, well, not next week, but when September starts, we're going to do a full two and a half-ish months of spooky season. And Woo! I have so much planned and I'm so excited. Spooky so, season. Yes, spooky Down season. We are going all kinds of places and talking about all kinds of really creepy survival stories and not so survival stories. So Ooh. I'm excited. Ghosts and ghouls. <laughs> Ghosts and ghouls. And oh well, no, I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm not going to spoil okay, anything. Yeah, save it for later. Uh, all right. So I guess with that, um, yeah. Until next time, stay safe. But most of all, stay curious, explorers. See you later. Uh, goodbye. Make sure you check Royal Caribbean's website before you go on any of their excursions. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs>